Y'all ready to worship Jesus? Come on, I'm gonna need you to sing right here. You make the blind man see. You make the lame man walk again. You cause the dead to rise. And that's why we dance in liberty. Cause you do it all again.
lift up today. He is holy. He is Jesus. Say that. You are holy to say, God. My Redeemer, my Redeemer to sing, God. Come on, what do you need redeemed today? My Redeemer. My Redeemer to sing, God. Mm. My Provider. My Provider to sing, God. Come on, y'all, sing it like you mean it. My Provider. My Provider to sing, God. Even though it won't look like it might come through. My Provider. My Provider to sing, God. Oh, He's Jesus.
Cause you never lost a battle No, you never lost a battle And I
No, no. 
You may be seated at Converge. Thank you. Welcome, welcome to everybody. Welcome to our live worship experience. As you can see, the God we serve is still doing miracles. Even right now, in the midst of our very own eyes, God is still doing those miracles. So we thank you and we welcome you to our live worship experience. And we'd be remiss if we didn't welcome our online family, Converge Nation, Converge Online. Thank you, thank you for joining us. You are also uh, a part of our family and we welcome you to this uh, worship experience. Here at Converge, there's a, there's a lot that God is doing in the body and, and we are just so glad to be part of what God is doing. Amen. Um, as you can see, uh, we are here today to celebrate one of those things that God is doing. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> just give me a second. I'm, I'm really just feeling what God is doing in the house today. And I hope, I hope conversion, you can see it too. And that everything that is happening is also touching your heart. Uh, if you're a first time guest with us, thank you and welcome. Uh, please, if you are a first time guest with us, uh, if you have a moment, please uh, go out and connect with us at the Connection Center. We have a gift for you as a way of our saying, hey, thank you for joining us today. Um, and if it's, if it's your first time, if you have any prayer requests too, there are prayer request cards. Uh, you can ask for those um, as we go on with our service. Now, here at Converge, there's a lot going on. And the best way to keep up and to keep in touch with us is to join us on social media. We are on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Instagram at We Are Converge. Uh, please like and share. We share a lot of content on there, even what is going on in Converge uh, or at Converge Church. Uh, one of those things that's going on right now is we have officially kicked off our four small groups, y'all. And it has been, yeah, yeah. Get excited because it has been amazing it has been an amazing first week converge her showed up strong tuesday night at seven yeah all right and converge men they showed up strong too wednesday night <laughs> that's right wednesday nights at seven and tomorrow tomorrow afternoon converge students we're gonna kick off our bible study at 1 p.m tomorrow so please please um 
Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we have some students in the house. Uh, and, and really what we're asking, Converge Kids, the content is on demand and online. What we're really asking is for the parents, for the families to partner with the church to drive the things of God home, right? And so we ask you if you have students to, to make sure that they attend. Uh, we ask you if you have kids to make sure that they see the online uh, on-demand content for Converge Kids. Um, and one of the other things that's going on as we're speaking about fall here at Converge, we are sticklers for the Word of God. And so we finished our spring and summer Bible immersion campaigns for the books of Exodus and the book of Numbers. Now, in our fall Bible immersion campaign, we're going to start with the book of Acts on October 1st. Yeah, it's amazing. Please, please do get excited. <laughs> because it's going to be an amazing study, right? We're going to see the first church and how they lived out the message of the gospel. So we invite you to join us. How we do our emerging campaigns is we're going to read one chapter of the day that corresponds to that specific day. So October 1st, we're going to start with Acts chapter 1. So please join us for our full Bible emerging campaign. Right. All right. Amen. So uh, one of the things that helps move God's mission forward is our giving. So we're going to come into our blessed life segment. And uh, here at Converge, we have multiple ways to give. You can give here in person. Uh, and the ushers are in the aisles. Uh, they will hand you the uh, card. Uh, we ask that you fill the card in its entirety so that we can properly account for your giving. The other way that you can give is you can give online uh, or via our mobile app. If you're giving online, you can go to www.weareconverge.com forward slash give and you can give that way. You can also give via text. Please go ahead and text uh, Converge Give plus the dollar amount to 77977 and you can also give that way. And again, the reason, again, we give, right, is because that's something that God has placed on our hearts. The book of uh, uh, St. Corinthians tells us uh, we should give as is purposed in our hearts because God loves a cheerful giver. Um, and so as you give, give as it is purposed in your heart so we thank you for everything that you're doing we thank you for partnering with us financially because it does help make live giving ministry possible all right so before we go we're gonna go and um, pray for our gifts and then uh, we'll continue with the rest of our worship experience heavenly father we come to you in the mighty and matchless name of jesus christ father we thank you for the gifts that we're receiving today father we know that these gifts are moving your mission your vision forward what you have called the church to do father we thank you that no hand that gives will lack anything because you father can do all things and that you can do beyond anything that we can ask think or even imagine so father as we bless these gifts that are coming we ask that lord they do exactly what you have purpose for them to do and that for every heart for every hand that is given or that requires or that desires to give father we ask that you bless them abundantly shaken together pressed and running over father we thank you for the gifts that you give and lord we thank you for all that you do for converged church and also for your church universal father we thank you in the name of jesus amen amen all right uh, and one more thing uh for the uh, weekly Bible studies, we have cards. The ushers will give you those cards that have the login information. Uh, so if you're going to log in, the login information is on the cards and the ushers will be handing those out as you lead the service. Uh, so please make sure, make sure you grab one of those and also make sure you join our Facebook group uh, because some of that information will be communicated that way. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the service. Thank you.
All righty. Well, good evening, Converge Nation. Are you glad to be in the house tonight? All right, all right. Let's tweak the mic a little bit. It seems like I'm getting a little bit of echo or some delay, all right? Uh, if we can fix that, that will help me. Um, so I'm not getting that bounce back, slap back. Amen. Uh, we're in week three of our current sermon series, Rhythms, and we're finding rest for our souls. Jesus said it this way, in this world, you will have trouble. But he also said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And we're navigating this idea of what it looks like to experience the peace of God, to live out the peace of God in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of anxiety. And we discover a blueprint and a roadmap for that in God's word. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 23, which has been our anchor text, Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, and he said that the God of peace will sanctify us wholly, and he will preserve us spirit, soul, and body, because the one who called us is faithful, and he will do it. We also discover from 3 John chapter 2, I'm sorry, 3 John verse number 2, that it is God's will above all things that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. Uh, what we discovered is the word prosper means success on your journey. It's not really what we have reduced it to where it's about having more stuff, right? Having a bigger house or a bigger car, and that's not bad. We're not going to knock that. But the biblical definition of prosperity is to have success on your journey. And how many of you realize tonight that you need to have a sound body to have success on your journey? Yeah. Oh, y'all missed an, an opportunity to get excited right there. You need to have a sound mind yeah. to have success on your journey. Yeah. You need to have a healthy spirit to have success on your journey. And that's why we're, we're taking time to think through and to talk through and to process, but not just the process, uh, because the things that we're talking about in this series, they're all actionable, right? Remember, James said it this way in James chapter 1 and verse 22, that we ought to be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Because it is in the doing of the word that our lives are transformed. So we're going to hear the truth of God's word as it relates to walking in the peace of God and having a healthy spirit, soul, and body. Uh, but then we're also going to take action and do the things that we need to do. In week one, uh, uh, Shavonda did a fantastic job. She told us about the importance of establishing boundaries, right, and setting priorities. Uh, last week, we talked about the fact that our bodies are God's temple, and we, therefore we should steward our bodies well, meaning we should care for our bodies and discipline our bodies. Uh, but tonight, listen, we've got a very special guest who's going to take us a little bit deeper. And before I invite our guest, uh, our anchor text for tonight is lifted from a beloved, very familiar passage of Scripture from the Psalms. It is Psalm 23, a psalm of David, where David writes, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, and he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Talking about experiencing the peace of God in the midst of adversity. When the Lord is your shepherd, he can put you in the midst of your enemies and you can still have his peace. And this is what he says, you anoint my head with oil. But here it is, my cup runs over. So the title of tonight's message is simply this, fill my cup. Yeah. How many of you realize that it is impossible to pour from an empty cup? And that's where most of us live. We have overextended ourselves. And I wish I could say some of us are even running on fumes. But there's some of us in this room that even ran out of the fumes. In fact, people are not supposed to pull on what we need for ourselves. Most of us are giving out of what we need for ourselves when we're supposed to be living and giving from the overflow of what the shepherd has given. And so tonight, we're going to talk about what it looks like, listen to me, to live from a cup that overflows so that you not only have enough for yourself, but you have enough to pour out into others. So without further ado, listen, I'm going to make welcome our guest tonight. Her name is Sharonda Scott. She is a therapist. She is an author. Listen, she is a Christ follower. She is a God chick, loves Jesus with all her heart. And come on, y'all don't be quiet on me now. Come on, let's show our love for the incomparable, the incomparable Sharonda Scott. Listen, listen, I encourage you, I encourage you to remove all the distractions and to, to, I mean, like, key in, lock in to what you are about to hear. This is no exaggeration. You know how some people oversell and underdeliver? It's impossible for me to oversell what you're about to hear. It's going to be impactful. It's going to be life-changing. One more time, Converge Nation, let's welcome our very special guest, Sharonda Scott, as she brings the word. All right, Sharonda. Thank you, Pastor Ray. Thank hey, you. I'm so great to be it's so great to be here and I just enjoy worship so much. It's like when you have an opportunity to enter in and allow Jesus to come in and fill you, mm. you're just so blessed. Awesome. And so I'm like, I'm already full. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah, listen. Awesome job, Converge Worship. Chad and team, you guys did a phenomenal job. And thank you again for ushering in the presence of God. And, and it, it's interesting we're starting there because one of the things I, I think I said in week one is that peace is not the absence of problems, it's the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, what we need more than anything is just to rest and bask and soak in the presence of God. The psalmist said it this way, uh, In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And uh, and so uh, it's good that tonight we started there in the presence of God. And again, Julius, man, so good to see you, man. Uh, Yeah, and uh, Dominique is here as well, and the girls, Bree and Cree, the Lord bless you. We've been standing in the gap for you guys, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, Our God has never lost a battle. 
and he never will. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, Can I just tell the whole story, Miss Sharonda? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to tell the whole story. Uh, uh, Sharonda is brand new to us. We just met Sharonda uh, on Thursday. Uh, A dear friend of ours uh, who was scheduled to be with us uh, also is a professor at UNT. And uh, she called me on Friday and said, you want the good news or the bad news? (laughs) Come on, somebody. So I said, well, give me the bad news first. And she said, I won't be able to make it on Saturday. And I said, what's going on? She said, listen, one of my students, I just got a notification that one of my students tested positive for for COVID. And uh, and so she had to wait three days in order to test and so on and so forth. And uh, and she said, listen, I can't be there uh, because I was exposed. I don't know if I'm positive or not, but uh, I want to be, you know, a blessing to your congregation. And so she said, listen, you've got to... You've got to have Sharonda. She's my friend. She's an associate, and uh, you will not be disappointed. So we met Sharonda on, was it Friday? Yesterday. Yesterday, and had a great conversation. And uh, man, it's awesome to live in season and out of season, right? Where you stay on ready. How many of you realize if you got to, if you you learn how to, no, no, let me back it up. Huh? And there it is. If you stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. Because the worst time to learn how to swim, y'all, is when you're drowning. (laughs) So stay ready. And that's how Sharonda lives her life. Uh, Okay, this is where I turn it over to you, and you take us all the way in. Fill my cup. What does that mean? Where do we start? Absolutely. I'm uh, so excited, and, you know, I know you didn't have the title yesterday, so uh, Mm. when you mentioned it in the service here, I'm like, okay. It's like, you know, you saw the diagram that I sent you, so we'll get to that. But uh, just talking about how we actually fill our cup. And and as a therapist, one of the things that, you know, we look at when people come in, we see where they are. We see what's actually filling their cup, if you will, and we're talking about the soul, right? So what's filling their soul? And uh, sometimes they are overwhelmed and, and actually weighed down by a lot of things that are negative. So mm. there's a buildup of all of these negative emotions. So if you fill a, a, a glass or pitcher with something that is negative, there's not gonna be any room to put anything positive in there. Mm. So we're talking about tonight just how we actually meet relational needs and how we actually expand our emotional capacity uh, and our relational capacity uh, to be able to be healthy in our souls. And so I just wanted to give a couple of statistics here as we start, and I know we'll be kind of going back and forth here, Pastor Ray, but one out of five individuals in the U.S. suffers with a mental health problem in a given year. So one out of five. Wow. So when I did my calculation, I came up with 65 million people are struggling in some way, either mentally or emotionally, and that's every year. We have yeah. people that are struggling with various things. Mm. I love what um, uh, Pastor Ray just said, that the absence, that you know, we have problems, mm. but it, our lives doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're gonna be free of those, but the presence of God in our life and what we're allowing to fill our cup will. Mm. One out of every 25 individuals in the U.S. is dealing with a serious mental health disorder. That's 13 million people. 
13 or 30? Thirteen million. One three. One three. Wow. Serious. Serious um, mental disorder. But this is what's staggering to me right here. Half of these individuals, half of 13 million, have had, have had the disorder in place by the age of 14. Wow. Isn't wow. that staggering? Yeah, that's huge. Okay, can I jump in? Sure. Converge Nation knows about my, my, my double dutch. But help me out, and I think as you help me out, you might be helping us out. Uh, uh, um, what do you say, a, a severe? A, a, a severe mental, mental health disorder. Define that for me. What does severe mean? Okay, mental disorder mm -hmm. actually means I actually have a definition and I was gonna just get into it, but before I go there, Pastor, okay. I just want to say that the second staggering aspect of that 13 million is that 75% of these individuals have the disorder in place by the time that they're age 24. Wow. These are our young emerging adults, and so we're talking about 75% of 13 million are already struggling with some form of serious mental disorder. And so when we talk about mental disorder, mm -hmm. the clinical definition of mental disorder is a significant disruption of a person's thoughts, mm. moods, behaviors, or ability to relate to others that basically severely impacts their ability to function in life. Mm. That's what we're talking about when we talk about a serious mental disorder, that the person is so severely hampered that they're unable to actually function in life. And I know that the God that we serve, you know, being a Christian counselor, a counselor, I should say, that's Christian, because not everyone that I see is going to necessarily um, um, have faith or uh, they they may not, you know, actually ascribe to that. So they're not necessarily looking for Christian counseling. But my whole goal around what we do in our practice is how can we help bring soul healing mm. to this 13 million? Wow. Well, so yes, so that's what how you would define uh, a mental disorder. And you've, you've heard different terms, anxiety disorder, mm. bipolar disorder, you know, various things that, um, you know, in the world that we live in, you know, uh, will tend to label things. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's just the reality because we come from, or the world is actually has a, a worldview of really a medical <clears throat> worldview versus, you know, an actual developmental um, view, viewpoint of psychology. Okay. So. So, so, so just out of curiosity, are you seeing an uptick in any particular area as a result of what's happening in our world? Uh, is there one particular thing that you might see that's on the rise that people are struggling with more than other things? Anxiety disorder that I just mentioned is okay. probably something that when a person comes in, we're probably going to be making, uh, not necessarily labeling, but when I actually meet with someone, I'll say adjustment disorder with anxiety. Okay. You okay. know, because I don't want to necessarily uh, label them because you don't want something to follow someone all of their, mm -hmm. their life. So I will just say, hey, it's an adjustment. We're looking at maybe an adjustment situation mm -hmm. uh, that has, you know, a depressed mood. Gotcha. So I'm not clinically saying that person is depressed, mm -hmm. but I'm actually trying to uh, de really determine where that, that person is. So, but uh, anxiety, depression, and of course, uh, suicide mm -hmm. are probably the biggest upticks. Okay, so help me, help me with this. If my soul is my cup, 
okay, what is an example of filling your cup with the wrong things? How, how, how does that happen, and how can we guard against filling our cup with the wrong things? Yes, uh, filling our cups with the wrong thing. When you talk about, and we're going to talk about, just think about, you said joy earlier, right? right? That in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. Right. What is joy? What is joy? How would you define joy? Me? Or just the congregation, the audience? I'm just asking. Kind yeah. Of, how would you define joy? What is joy? If, we're, if you just, yeah. hey, I feel joy, what is that? Happy, it's feel good, right? It's but first, it's a feeling, right? Mm. It's something that we feel. It's a, an emotion, and so when we talk about what's filling our soul and what's filling our cup, mm. we're talking about the impact of how feelings and emotions come in and actually fill us up. Mm. So when we talk about negative things, you know, and we'll we'll get into it, but. Emotions, basically, you're going to feel emotions, and you're going to think a thought, right? So if you are feeling joy, you're going to say, man, I'm happy. I'm so happy. Mm. It's like, oh, I feel so good. Mm. So you're actually thinking in your mind, this is how I feel, right? Mm. So if you have that enough times, you can begin to live your life in a pattern of, hey, you know what? There's joy in my life. Things are happening around me. I've got some problems. But overall, I'm feeling this joy. Right. But what if you feel stress or, say, anger or fear? Mm. Those are all what? Emotions as well. Mm. So if you're feeling those things, what do you think your thoughts are? Negative thoughts. Yeah. They're not yeah. good. It's like, you know, you may be worried about something, right? Something happening. You may be thinking, oh, that person doesn't like me. If you're mm. anxious when you step into a room or fear. So there's all these things that's going on internally within mm. us that comprise our soul. Right, right. you taught the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. Right. right? Absolutely. All right, let me ask you this. Uh, how much of this anxiety right, or these toxic emotions that we experience are actually rooted in relationships or our inability to manage our relationships well. Because when I think about anxiety, it could be stuff that's happening out here, maybe something happening in the news or happening in the world. But as a pastor, what I've discovered is that a lot of times the root of the struggles we have emotionally is connected to something relational. Somebody I know, somebody I'm interacting with, uh, something that is off relationally. Tell me, it, it, would that be accurate? That is absolutely accurate. Okay, unpack so, that for us. Yes. Just think, if you go back to just the clinical definition of a disorder, remember we talked about their inability to rate, relate well with others. Uh, it's like, so when we think about how God wired us, mm -hmm. we're made for connection, right? It's like God made us relational by design, but we really, for the most part, I think most people discount that mm. because we recognize that we have physical needs, right? You've been mm. talking about the spirit. You've been talking about the, the soul, the body. Think about what your spiritual need is. Mm. Uh, your spiritual need is redemption, transformation, right? Mm -hmm. That whole process of sanctification. So there's a work that's taking place right in us. But physically, our physical needs, every single day, we have to go to sleep. 
Mm. We get up, we eat, right. we drink water, right. and we actually have to rest. Yeah, we need shelter, we need clothing. We need shelter, yeah. we need clothing. There are all these needs. But when we think about the soul, what do you think your soul needs? Relationships. We yeah. are very much relational. And so the way that we actually even uh, have connection is because I met Pastor Ray. I have now a formed connection with him. And I'm relating to him. And I'm able to express, right, uh, feel express emotions as it relates to, oh, wow, a pleasure to meet him. Uh, you know, I'm inspired by him. It's like having a good feeling on that connection. So you're relating to someone. They receive me. He's actually opened up his, his uh, house here, the, your church home here, and received me and what I might have to say yeah. here today. So I feel what? Welcomed. I feel accepted. Mm. We're going to talk um, uh, in a minute about... Uh, relational needs. And so there are 10 significant relational needs that we all share okay. in some capacity. Mm. You know, like some might have a priority over, um, say, a specific need uh, more so than someone else. But let me just share those real quickly. Um, Before you do that, can I okay, ask you a sure. question? Mm -hmm. If we're cre created for connection and interaction uh, with other humans, right, is it possible for me to fill my cup in isolation? I'm asking for a friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, like, like for some people, say, uh, I don't really need nobody, <laughs> right? It, 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 I'm good, all by myself, right? Is it possible to, to, to fill my cup in isolation if I was created for relationship? For relationship. I'm just curious. Yeah. No, and let me just share five correct characteristics of needs because when we have relational needs, I'm going to share kind of what really breaks down this need. And, and, okay. and I might even ask the question because you're talking about someone who says, I don't need anyone but God maybe, right? Right, right. And it's like, so why did God make us with physical needs if we don't need anybody but God? There it is. Right? So five characteristics of needs that uh, I just try to help people understand because sometimes you think, well, you know, am I just being needy? And we're going to talk about the mm. neediness of actually being human, right, right. of humanity. Mm. Needs are cross-cultural. That means that every single culture is going to have relational needs. Mm. And, there, and like I said, these 10 significant needs are universal. Mm. We all share them. Mm. Needs existed in every generation, okay? Needs are, and this is something that I think we need to get as a church and even as adults, mm. uh, is that needs are lifelong and continuous. Wow. We never grow out of relational needs. We will always need other people in our lives. I don't care how much you mature in the Lord, how... Uh, where you think you are in your life, maybe you're self-sufficient in some capacity in some areas of life, in your life, you will never grow out of your need for intimacy with others and to be able to relate to them. And I see this as a huge issue, Pastor Ray, in our uh, uh, society today because of social media. Right. Because I counsel a lot of adolescents. Mm. And adolescents will talk about their relationships and they will talk about their relationships as if they have a relationships. And then I come to, I find out 
that has been a person they've only talked online to mm. uh, for one week. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. So they're coming wow. in with concerns and issues right. that uh, really demonstrate how disconnected we mm. are. And yeah. as a, um, a body, as humanity, we're mm. disconnected from just true relationship and relating back and forth to. You can't relate on a phone. A phone will never right. meet the need uh, for a, a relational needs. It could never meet the need for acceptance, for attention. Now, get, I get it. You can be talking and texting on your phone, but real true relating back right. and forth between the person. So what I hear you saying, uh, Sharonda, is all those people who've been watching online really need to be here in person. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? I am the saying that, yes, you need to be connected with other people. And just think about it. I mean, uh, like, the last year and a half has, bears this out. Mm. Because of the pandemic and because of people being so isolated from relationships, mm -hmm. uh, we've seen, you know, just this increase in anxiety and all of these other social right. things because they haven't been able to be around other people. Mm -hmm. So it is very important to uh, be in the presence of someone. Mm -hmm. It's more so than just social media, watching online, a telephone, you know, I get it. You can talk on the phone, and that's a great way. But this texting back and forth, believe me, mm. it is hampering and it is hindering the way our kids relate. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, I, I believe, I mean, there are no statistics that I can actually mm. uh, point to, but I think it is one of the, the biggest things that is driving kids mm. to a place of, just desperation. Wow. You know, whether wow. that's something like suicide or whatever, because yeah. there's really, that need is not being met mm. internally within wow. them. Wow, that's huge. I, I mean, when you even consider how we define it now, right, on social media, uh, some people have 4,000 friends, some people have 1,000 followers, but what we really have are people just stalking our lives. Because if, if, if we really picked up the phone in our time of need, they wouldn't be there for us. Yet we define them as friends, and we define them as followers. Let me ask you this, because this is a thought in my mind. You've given us three. Mm -hmm. Needs are cross-cultural. Needs exist in all generations. Needs are lifelong and continuous. What do you say to that person who is fiercely independent? Is, are they filling their cup with something toxic or something healthy? Because if I really need somebody, I don't know. Uh, I got this. And I think it, it's the question that I ask, but do we, would you put that in the, in the uh, I'm filling myself, my cup with something healthy or something not so healthy? If, if I don't need anybody for anything, I don't depend on anybody, I'm going to do it all my, and sometimes that might even come out of a bad experience, right? Right, correct. I was going to say that's generally a symptom that there's something wrong or something that hasn't been met in that person's life. Because naturally, naturally in our humanity we desire connection mm. so someone who is fiercely independent and that doesn't need anyone there's something missing got it got it so there's a piece missing because we uh talk about like unmet needs mm -hmm. and so but no one's actually even really identify what their unmet need may have been from say mm. childhood or something wow so wow. uh that it's a big thing. Um, one of the things um, you mentioned, uh, 
I haven't, the, the fifth characteristic mm -hmm. is we cannot meet our needs on our own. Mm. It has to be met in the, the, mean, the context of meaningful relationships oh, and wow. with God. Mm. So the very reason that we are drawn to God is because of what? Relationship. Well, he made it so that we're not only dependent upon him, mm. but we're also interdependent upon other people. Upon other people. So he made us mm -hmm. relational because he desires for us to not only yeah. get our needs met, but also to meet other people's needs. Yeah. As a counselor, that's what I do. You yeah. know, when someone comes into my office, I, I'm looking, I'm, we, you know, you t there's a term active listening as a counselor. You want to listen to right. see um, what the client is saying. But I do something called soulful listening mm -hmm. because I'm listening for the, the unmet, unidentified needs in that person's soul. Huge, huge. A huge piece because most of the time they've never identified them. Mm. Think about it. If you were to tell me, if I asked you, hey, which of the top 10 relational needs uh, or what needs do you have relationally? Would you be able to answer that? Mm. Would you be able to tell me what your relational needs are? Mm. You asking me for real, or is that rhetorical? I'll, I'll ask you, Pastor Ray, since, you know, uh, I'll give you an opportunity to speak for the audience. For the audience? <laughs> uh, I think one of the needs I think we all have is sometimes, well, the need for acceptance. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. The need for maybe affirmation. Yes. To be affirmed. Yes. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. Okay. Is there more? Do, do I need to say more? That's two needs. We have 10. There are 10 significant needs. I got two out of 10. Needs. You got two out of 10. There are 10 significant okay. needs that okay. we have in our lives in some, in general, and uh, in, in various circumstances and situations yeah. that God intended to be met, to really make us whole. Right. I'm going to give you the list, and, and you tell me, hey, you know what? I have that need. Right. So, Consider this, though. Let me say this, and then you'll get to the list. Mm -hmm. And uh, look, I think we're going to have to do a sequel <laughs> With Sharonda. But check this out, right? God created the heavens and the earth in how many days? Right? Six days. Right? Heavens and earth and man in six days. Uh, the first five days, after he completed the creation on the first five days, what did he call it? He said it was good. He creates Adam on the sixth day, and what does he say? Very good. Very good. But then he says something else mm -hmm. in reference to Adam being alone. He said what? It is what? Not, Not good for man to be alone. He creates everything. In five days, calls it good. On the sixth day, he creates Adam, calls it very good. However, comma, Adam, it is not good for you to exist in relational isolation. Exactly. Awesome. So if God calls it not good, we shouldn't call it good. So, so uh, you, 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 there's, oh, go ahead. But, but I was me, just going to say, yeah, yeah, along yeah. with that point, yeah. Pastor Ray, is the whole process of, you know, um, meeting relational needs and meeting relational needs, the whole mm -hmm. purpose behind that is to remove aloneness. Mm. to remove aloneness and also to bring about healing in the soul. Because, of course, 
no one's perfect, right? So there is something that we're dealing with. There is some, it, within us, there is some capacity of unmet needs in mm. us already. Mm. So this whole beautiful process of learning how to meet the relational needs of others, as well as be able to begin to express your own emotional needs so that you can then have your needs met, is to actually remove aloneness and to uh, bring about the soul healing and wholeness. When we think about our soul, most of us don't recognize how, um, I guess, um, how we lack for the wholeness in our soul. Right, should, I'll say right. it like that. Yeah, There's this good. beautiful scripture that I love, and I use it in counseling all the time, because it's, in your patience possess ye your soul. Yes. You know that scripture, yes. right? Yes, Luke 24. Luke 24. What yeah. is it talking about? It's talking about reaching this place of wholeness yeah. where there's this full integration between your spirit, soul, and body. That's what truly brings health. And when you think about holy, holiness, mm. holiness in our life is really about the wholeness that mm. we're allowing God to sanctify and bring about in our lives. That's powerful. Let me, let me just ask another question because I keep hearing my friend tapping me on the shoulder <laughs> and he said, can you ask her this? What do you say to the person because I, who has a need, but they're uncomfortable expressing that need because they don't want to come across as needy? Let's talk about the difference between people who have genuine needs that need to be met through a relationship and somebody who just needy. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it's okay to have needs. Is that correct? It's okay to have needs. It's but it's not okay to be needy. And actually, this is one of the characteristics of, you know, how God created us, the, the important aspect of needs, mm -hmm. is that neediness is not a deficit. So neediness is not a deficit. What we've seen is that individuals have gone after uh, ways to get their needs meet, met mm -hmm. in a more perverted kind of way mm -hmm. or a way that is ungodly. Got you. So you see it coming across like, man, it's like if someone is drawn on you and they're uh, maybe controlling or codependent, then there is a part in them. The need is legitimate. The mm -hmm. need is real. But the way they're trying to access that need. Okay. You see the same thing. You know, you, you see uh, just the, um, a world that has been on just say a for, fornication, you know, sexual immorality and these various things that we see, what are they trying to do? It's not just about the sex. Mm -hmm. It's more about this need that never got met in me as a, a child. Mm -hmm. And so, see, we have to, we actually almost have to change our perspective of what yeah. we're seeing. Yeah. And you begin to see, okay, because when people come in and they have those kind of issues or problems, I don't look at that. Mm -hmm. I don't judge that mm -hmm. because I know God made them needy. Right. There is a, a, a capacity of them that God is wanting to access and show them how they can begin to get their needs met in a wow. healthy way. Wow. The first step is truly identified. We talked about two needs, but there are 10. There are okay. 10 needs that most of us don't even recognize that we have. Listen, you gotta break this down for us. <laughs> so so this, is, this is what happened, right? And, and I know you guys are looking to the screen to see if the notes are gonna be on there. And because we connected with, uh, with uh, Sharonda and we had this tight turnaround, uh, we didn't create the slides. But the notes, all of the notes are available on you version, right? Yep. 
So you can go to YouVersion. You guys are following along on YouVersion. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah, so if yeah, you have okay. it, all her notes are right there in YouVersion, the YouVersion Bible app. I think you go to events and you search. Uh, well, every, all the churches in this area will pop up. Just select Converge Church, and you can follow along because all the notes are there. So okay. I really want you to do this. Mm -hmm. Top 10 relational needs. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, I think this is that. huge. Okay. So... Uh, because we, we need to fill our cup. We need to fill our cup, and these are all needs that we have, uh, except Pastor Ray has already mentioned acceptance. He mentioned approval or affirmation and what that looks like. And so acceptance, we, we, we all know. It's like, hey, just receiving someone for who they are and their imperfections, being able to just willingly receive them. Uh, approval, you know, the affirming, the building up, to uh, showing that they are valued and uh, validated, if you will. Affection, we, we, most of us know what that is, but it's expressing care and concern in a genuine way through appropriate physical touch. You know, mm -hmm. and, as well as with words, you know, I love you, I care for you, is like, uh, uh, you know, showing them, you know, that you truly do care. So... Here, Okay. Affection. Okay. What do you say to a dude who ain't touchy-feely? They may not be touchy-feely, and, you know, and I'm wifey needs... Needs more touchy-feely? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, we're... Their life language, you know, love needs, you yeah. know, but we're talking about relational needs gotcha. in just the general okay. sense. And the reason why I don't cross over is because I want everyone to know is that when we talk about affection, it's like affection it doesn't necessarily have to look like lovey-dovey, the intimate type of affection. Mm -hmm. It could simply be, you know, a showing and demonstrating concern. It's like calling them, say, How, mm. hey, how's your day going? So That's kindness. Like the kindness, gotcha. you know, the things that you can actually show. I'm thinking about you. I really do care about you. It's like the person may not want you to touch them, right? But we can demonstrate affection, mm. you know, with another person and meet that need in them and then also allow for that need to be uh, met in us. The, the other word I think I hear is tender-hearted. The tender-heartedness. Towards someone, of, yeah. Of care okay. and concern. Very a good. Attention is one that I get a lot of flack because, you know, like, you know, you said, oh, man, they are so needy. They need my attention all the time. Right. Right? right. So we, you may have heard that. But attention really is entering another person's world. It's mm -hmm. being able to convey, you know, appropriate interest, you know, concern, listening to them. Uh, taking time, spending time with them. And let me just give you an example because this was one that uh, a few years ago, probably about 10, 15 years ago, I, was, I realized in my family I was the one who was always calling everyone. Mm. You know, I'd call them up and say, hey, how's your day? What's going on? I was, what, entering their world. Mm. And I recognized, and I got a little bit frustrated. We talk about need frustration, and I didn't know why I was being frustrated. And I recognize that no one ever gives me attention. I've got two brothers, you know, I'm mm. the only girl, and I'm the oldest, by the way, so a whole different demeanor, I'd call them up. So mm. I said, I'm not calling anyone. So mm. a week passes by and I'm just fuming, I'm upset. Why? My need for attention was not being met. Mm. So my brother finally calls me and said, hey, we haven't heard from you. 
it's been about a week. We just want to make sure that you're still living over there. Well, I was going to see how long it was going to take for you to call me. And one thing that he said was that you never give us a chance to. You always call us. You mm. call us every day. But what I had done is I didn't even recognize my own need, and I never yeah. expressed it to anyone else. Mm. So the way we learn how to begin to express our needs to others is by saying, hey, you know what? I call all the time. It would be great if you call me sometime. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, it would make me really feel good to, to know that you're thinking about and you desire to enter my world. Yeah. So, and we see this a lot with kids because kids are kids, right? They have their own little world right? They play with their toys. And so they may come and get mom and dad and they'll say, hey, mom, dad, come play with me. What are they inviting their parents to do to enter into their world and show them some attention? Right. Most of the time, parents just totally discount it. And I'm not saying all the time. I know we're tired. We're busy. We've got life happening. We're working. But that's the need that your child has. And so if you never do that, Think of how that person is going to grow up and say, you know what, I must not be important. Mm. I mean, no one ever paid any attention to me. So these needs are really very legitimate. And so when I see people come in as an adult or as an adolescent and they start to talk about these things, I, I know mm -hmm. there was an unmet need in their lives when they were younger. Right. No, very good. I got a question rolling around in my head. Okay. Um, because sometimes I think we love people the way we need to be loved. And what I mean by that is, as I'm listening to you share that you called them, but it was something you really needed for yourself. Myself. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes in relationships, what we do is we love people the way we need to be loved, and we don't necessarily communicate that, right? Um, I know I've been guilty of that with Pastor Wendy, and what I mean by that is sometimes I... I would buy stuff, gifts for Pastor Wendy, because I liked it. <laughs> and guess what Pastor Wendy did with those gifts? Didn't throw them away, but she just didn't use it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in relationships, we assume, right, that people will respond to the love that we're showing them, but we're loving them the way we need to be loved. The way you love them is the way they need to be loved. You get them the gifts they like, not what you like. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people can miss that, Correct. right? Like your brothers could have said, well, you always call us, but you were loving them the way you needed to be loved. Correct. But now they understand that. They now know? understand that. One thing I was going to mention is that there's a relational needs assessment, you know, that we utilize in counseling. is is actually put out by, developed by Great Commandment Network. So great resource if you want to go there is an online assessment that you can take and have family members take to identify the priority of your uh, relational needs. Because everyone, you're right, everyone doesn't have the same priority right. of a need. And it's dependent upon maybe how they grew up. Like, I mentioned about the child, you know, a child that was never paid any attention, mm. you know, just say, you know, I'm giving you a scenario, an example, single mom worked all the time, um, oh, and or if it was a dad who traveled, and mm. so dad wasn't there, so this kid begins to act out in school, and they took the child to a therapist, and because 
the teacher started making him stay in at recess and he mm. couldn't go out. But the teacher was there and was just kind of giving him undivided attention. So the therapist asked, it's like, okay, how do you feel loved and cared for? Or when is it that you feel loved and cared for? And you know what the child said? It's when he's in detention at recess with his teacher. Well, because that's the only time that he got undivided attention. undivided attention. Yeah. So isn't, I mean, it's, it's like when you think about that, that, how huge that is, it's different for everyone and it might be dependent upon just, you know, your family situation, how you grew up, and then just we're all wired differently. It's like um, um, Pastor Ray said that, you know, some people may have a greater need for that because mm -hmm. of their personality. And, and so this, these are real important things to really understand about yeah. how we meet relational needs and how we can fill someone else's cup by meeting that need. Yeah. So here's something crazy that Pastor Wendy and I have experienced in the counseling that we do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we sit across from a couple and they're having, you know, uh, confrontation and, 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 and they're, they're in conflict. And, and one of the things that's so difficult for many of the couples is to identify what their need is. It's so easy for them to say, well, I don't like that. Oh, so what do you want? I don't know. Just figure it out. Because I don't like that. But a lot of people haven't even identified what their primary needs are. It's true. And so in relationships, people are just kind of, it's kind of hit and miss and they're misfiring because the person who knows they have a, they know, the person knows they have a need deficit, but they're not even sure what they need. Correct. And, and so it places sometimes this burden on the other person to try to figure it, to, 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 to figure out, man, what do they really need? It, because I think it's a lot easier for us to say, I don't like that, I don't like that, I don't like that, but what do I really, really True. like? And, and I think that's one of the reasons Jesus said it this way, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Pastor, uh, Pastor Ray, I was going to say, when people come in, I've not met one person yet that actually understood uh, their relational needs. Not one single really? person. Really? So I don't even think as uh, the body of Christ, we really truly understand what relational needs are. I know that we understand kind of in a, uh, um, we give mental assent too. We kind of think, right. oh yeah, but we don't really understand fully how mm. relational needs are really truly the impact for how we relate to one another. Wow. You know, so, because, you know, I hear it when a person speaks, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, they'll talk about, and it says, oh, so what you're saying is that you really have a need for attention. No one ever, and they're like, it'll dawn on them. It's right. like, you know, that's the insight that comes sometimes when you're counseling, but we want to make that more commonplace. So if we could understand really what our soul needs, we could begin to ask our friends and mm -hmm. our relatives. It's like, oh, so what you're saying is that, Hey, you know what? You 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 might be feeling you know that you um, you know a need for comfort right now, and right. you know, and or we can just even respond in mm. comfort. We don't have mm. to actually tell them that that's mm. what we're doing. They'll feel it. Right. They'll feel it, and it will change them. It will transform them. So, and it's more about because we we can say, oh well, like if you're giving someone comfort, most of the time, if someone's lost someone. You, you, say, you say, oh, it's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. But we're not really truly emotionally responding. We're not meeting mm -hmm. the need. We're telling them, you know, we're, we're, not, we're, be, we're not being emotional. We're right. being rational. Mm. 
So mm. it's like rationality does not meet the need for that person in that moment. Mm. And so when we That's begin to good. understand how we actually relate and how need, they're relational needs. They're not like needs that are like, oh, I need to tell them what to do. I need to advise them. I need to analyze them. Right. No, in counseling, I'm sitting there really meeting the need as I hear. Yeah. It's like, you know, I might say, oh, I'm so sorry that you're walking through that. Yeah. I don't try to advise them on what to do. I may even know what may be the next step, but really it's about, it's about really giving them opportunities to emote. Right. And you connecting with that because mm -hmm. we're made for connection. Mm -hmm. That's truly what brings the healing. That's what. That's why counseling is successful because our part of that therapeutic process is meeting that need. Wow. And it, as a church, if we learn how to do that, if we learn what our relational needs are, and if we begin to meet relational needs as we see them. We listen soulfully. We do that soulful listening rather than just actively listen. We're doing something even deeper. We're, we're going to be meeting that, that need. That's powerful. All right. You, you, you triggered a thought. Okay. And so here it is. Uh, Job chapter 2. Mm -hmm. Job chapter 2. I'm going to read this quickly. Okay. Uh, Job chapter 2 beginning at verse 11. Uh, Job has gone through this, uh, uh, I mean, severe uh, calamity, adversity, lost family members, lost his property. Uh, now he's covered in boils from head to toe. Verse 11 of uh, Job chapter 2 says, Now when Job's three friends, again, this is relational, when his three friends heard of all this adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place. They left where they were and came to where he was. And notice, for they had made an appointment together to come and to do what? To mourn with him and to comfort him. Mm. That's emotive language. Exactly. That's not logical and rational language. They came to sit with him in his pain. Mm -hmm. Exactly. To mourn with him, and here it is, here's the word, comfort him. Uh, verse 12 says, and when they raised their eyes from afar and did not recognize him, they lifted their voices and wept. When they saw Job, they like, they didn't even recognize the dude. And they started bawling, right? But notice what it says, and each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven, which was, again, an outward expression of their mourning. In the Old Testament, they would mourn in sackcloth and ashes. But notice what happened. Verse 13, so they sat down with him. They sat down with Job on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him. For they saw that his grief was great. That's comfort. That's comfort. That's comfort. The problem is most of us, like, like, uh, like uh, Sharonda said, is when people are struggling, Instead of being emotional, we try to be logical. We try to fix the problem for them instead of just sitting with them. And how many of you realize that everything was fine until they opened their mouth and started trying to explain why Job was having the problems he was having? When they went logical, they got 40-plus chapters of logic that didn't help Job at all. 
And so sometimes all people need is to sit in their pain. How many husbands in this room have heard these words? I don't need you to fix it. I just want you to. Whoop, there it is. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for helping us. No. Sometimes all she needs is comfort. Exactly. One thing, I, one other need I wanted to mention, uh, there's 10 of them, you, you see them there in the notes, mm -hmm. but one I wanted to mention was security. Good one, big uh, one. Cause, and we think about security as, oh, I want financial stability in my life, but the security here is just really peace. And so you were mm -hmm. talking about how our soul needs peace. So this is the security that, of the need that a person has is the ability to be vulnerable Mm. and to be themselves mm. and to be free from fear of threat or harm. Yeah. So now let me sh share examples of how this need is not met. So when, when I counsel, you know, adolescents, they'll say my parents, you know, don't necessarily hear me. You know, mm -hmm. they'll come in and they'll be asking questions about maybe chores and various things like that. And they'll ask the question, but the parent will, you know, not meaningful. I'm, I'm saying none, none of this is intentional, but we just don't recognize that we may do it mm -hmm. and the need that's there, right? So parents might say something and they might, you know, fly off the handle or say, I told you to do this, you know, whatever, whatever. And so it shuts down mm -hmm. this secure, peaceful place that this person is supposed to feel with this person. Yeah. And now they're more concerned with the threat or harm. Mm. And so, and I've worked with, you know, family counseling. I says, I tell parents, I says, okay, when you're talking to them, don't immediately go to the chores. Like if that's mm. the first thing when you walk in through the door and you're talking about that, yeah. it automatically shuts down the soul of, of your child mm. and they don't feel the security or the peace, mm. you know, because they feel like, okay, I've got to be on pins and needles. Right when I'm talking to that person. You may have seen it in your relationships with one another. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen couples where a person might feel, hey, you know what, I can't say anything. Yeah. I don't have the security or the peace mm -hmm. uh, that to sit in that relationship and be relate back and forth without the fear of my identity being threatened right. or some comment being threatened or whatever. And so... Let's I, talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. uh, because Dr. Cloud, Henry Cloud, has a great book called Unsafe People. Mm -hmm. uh, you can be around unsafe people in your marriage, meaning your spouse. Oh, when I say unsafe person in your marriage, <laughs> I'm talking about the lethal weapons of mass destruction that you unleash against your spouse just because you know how to push the buttons. Mm -hmm. Right? Let me talk about uns being an unsafe person looks like sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If your response to the people you're in relationship is sarcasm, uh, you could be unsafe. There's a lot of things I could say about that. But I think what I hear you saying is in relationships, people need to feel safety and security around the person they're in relationship with. And I think, again, if you go back to the record in Genesis 2, the scripture says that Adam and Eve were both naked and Not afraid. unashamed. Or unashamed, yeah. Right? And I think that that is the, 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 the ultimate 
example of intimacy in a relationship. It's not a physical intimacy, but I can be totally transparent and vulnerable with this person without fear of being shamed. Exactly. Does that make sense? Exactly. And that's what security looks like. Come on, bon quick, we security, security. Anyway, sorry. So, okay. So look at the time now. This, oh, okay. We, we're gonna bring. The, Bring it to a landing. <laughs> Let's bring it to a landing, okay. but I think we're going to bring you back for a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Listen, they like you. We, we like you too. I'm a fan. So, so here's the deal, because there's a lot, I see, I'm looking at the notes here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff we haven't even touched. Yeah. Uh, but we do have to go. Okay. Uh, so help us with, finish the list. Okay. If you just take us through the list. Okay, let, me, let me do the list, and then give, take us all the way to... Uh, uh, these three, unmet needs, unhealed hurts. Okay, okay yeah. so here's the list. If you're taking notes, top 10 relational needs. Acceptance, affection, appreciation, approval, attention, comfort, encouragement, ooh, respect with a K. Respect, security, and support. Okay, so those are the 10. Those are the top, the ten, top, top 10, 10 relational needs. Top uh -huh. 10. Yeah. Okay, so talk about the, the, the root of, uh, as we close, right? Because okay. it's 623, we're going to wrap mm -hmm. at 630. Sure. Uh, but tell us about the root of what you've seen mm -hmm. uh, uh, that, that causes these mental and behavioral health issues. Okay. They stem from... What three things? Yeah. So um, you see there on the list. Uh, so when people come in, and we even have seen in the clinical definition of, you know, mental health disorders, that there is some impact of unmet needs in that person's life, you right. know, and their ability to relate well to other people. So one of the, uh, the three things that I see continually is unmet needs, mm -hmm. unhealed hurts, and unfulfilled expectations. Let me explain a little bit about yeah, unmet, unmet yeah, needs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unmet needs are birthed out of something good that should have happened for a person but didn't. Mm. Something so, good. Something good. That's okay. all of the good things. Like, that's, that would be your needs being met on a consistent basis. Now, no one's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So our parents weren't perfect. They, they did the best that they could. But unmet needs are birthed when something should have happened in your life that didn't. Mm. You know, I'm a prime example. You know, I recognize that there were missing pieces in me. I, mm. I actually cover this in my book, and I talk about missing pieces. Just that need for affirmation mm -hmm. um, from my dad that got revealed later on in life that, hey, you know what? That was missing. My dad wasn't very emotive. He didn't mm. talk. He didn't, you know, he provided for us, but he never... Actually, uh, we had sit down and have deep conversations. Right. I was highly relational. Mm. I'm a 98% extrovert. Mm. So you can see that great need for, for me. Right. Unhealed hurts are birth when something in a person's life, uh, something bad in a person's life that happened that should not have. Mm, good. Okay. So it's almost the opposite of. It's the opposite, needs. yes. Mm. Because think about the trauma that comes if someone was abused, you mm. know. So that's something that should not have happened. That wasn't the actually godly way to meet a child's need. And it took it even a step further, it created trauma, right? 
And then can we experience some of this trauma as adults, right? It we doesn't only happen as, as yes, children. Yes, we can experience this as adults as well, okay. you know, with unhealed hurts. And then unfulfilled expectations is uh, when things don't turn out or the outcome doesn't turn out the way that we anticipated or that we expected. And I see this as being a huge thing, Pastor Ray, in the society that we live in mm -hmm. because there is a sense of entitlement that things should be, this should be mine, this should be this way, that this should be that. And we don't, we never actually formulated the process of, of successful grieving because we grieve little losses every day. Very good. But we, we didn't learn how to actually do that well. Mm. Like today, as an example, I went to uh, one of my restaurants, uh, one of the restaurants today, and I wanted to order my favorite dish. Well, the restaurant was closed. They said they weren't going to be able to open to 4 o'clock. I was like, oh, man, yeah. I'm not going to be able to eat today. What was that? That was a little loss. It was an unfulfilled expectation that I had. Right. But. As we mature, we should learn the process of grieving, but kids aren't taught how to grieve right. loss. Right. And, and the, the ability to restore hope to them so that they can live a, res, a resilient life. It's wow. like disruption happens. Some people spiral downward, but others spiral upward. Yeah. And so yeah. this is what we're seeing with wow. uh, you know, unhealed, unmet needs, unhealed hurts, and unfulfilled expectations. Listen, this is what we're going to do. With your permission, would you like to have Sharonda back next Saturday? Yeah. No, this is, this is amazing. Because, listen, I've got some of the notes in front of me, and I'm looking at the notes, and we didn't even get to what it looks like to fill your cup, but also what it looks like to empty your cup. Because sometimes you need to empty your cup of toxic emotions. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Because you probably need to look at your calendar. If you can't do it next Saturday, we'd love to have you back okay. again sometime so we can revisit this. Uh, Jewel, fantastic job putting the notes on the board on the fly. Let's show our love to Jewel Georges. And uh, so let's do this. Where's the team? The team can come. And uh, uh, man, I just pray that, um, um, that what we shared tonight uh, will give you some time for introspection. I know a lot of times we're guilty of like thinking about all the people who should have been here to hear the message. <laughs> when maybe the message was just for, for me. Right? So let's take what uh, Sharonda shared and uh, some of these building blocks, foundational principles, and apply them uh, to our lives. Pastor Ray, may I say one thing? Absolutely. If you will go to Great Commandment Network, Dot com, I think it's .com or .org. Uh, and there's a, a relational needs assessment. You can actually take it for free. So go take the relational needs so you can identify the priority of your relational needs. Mm. And then there's actually a little worksheet that kind of describes uh, the relational needs. Um, mm. And it even gives you biblical scriptures because, like I said, this is a, a faith-based resource that is it's very, very helpful. We can see how needs were actually met in the Bible. Wow, fantastic. So greatcommandment. Greatcommandmentnetwork. Network.com Network. or .org. Mm -hmm. Or just Google if you can't find it. Yeah. You'll find it on there somewhere. All right. Uh, would you pray for us? Yeah, sure. Would you pray for us as we close? But before we do, uh, I mentioned that... Uh,
that Sharonda is an author. Uh, she brought 10 copies of her book or books, two books. books. Book, yeah, one. I just brought one today. You just brought one today. Uh, she'd love to connect with you immediately following the service. They were supposed to be giveaways, but how are we going to do it now? Oh, here it is. Come back next week and you get a free book. <laughs> No, I think they nope. had a process for how they were going to give them out. I think they have Do already we? given them to the people who got oh. them. Oh, okay. So the books are gone? No, they're, they're outside. I'm they're just going to... Uh, You're going to sign the books. Sign and if people, like, were really impacted by what you shared, they want to connect with you, they want to... Listen, this ain't a hookup. You want to book a counseling session. <laughs> Meaning you're going to pay for it. With Sharonda, how do they find you? I should have some cards out here, but uh, if you go to AuthenticBalanceCounseling.com, that's the practice. Uh, I work with Dr. Carol uh, Gilmore, and so you can go to our, our website. My profile page is on there, so they can find me and they can... But, you know, my cards are out here. You can give me a call. Fantastic. AuthenticBalanceCounseling.com. Correct. All right, they can find you there. Would you pray for us? And band, I think we'll just keep it mellow. Y'all don't have to play big. We'll just keep it mellow and like this right here. We'll keep it smooth jazz. We'll keep it smooth jazz as we dismiss. Amen. Well, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are a God who knows how to meet every single need. Yes, Lord. Your word tells us, but God shall supply all that we need. And, Father, I know that it is through dependence and reliance upon you. Yes. And, Father, the people that you've brought into our lives. Father, I pray that you would deepen out, Father, our emotional capacity. Thank that you, you would begin to reveal and show us, Father, those needs, Father. Even the unmet needs, maybe from uh, our childhoods, Father. Lord, that you would just reveal father illuminate yes. father give them the ability father to tap into all that you have for them and father we pray that you would meet every single need here father every spiritual need every physical need father in our bodies and every emotional mental will need father that is in our souls in Thank jesus you. name we pray amen amen and amen one more time for our friend Sharonda Scott, incredible job. Why don't you stand with us? Listen, to all the parents, we're asking you to partner with us. Converge students, Sundays at 1 p.m. We're going to send out an email blast with that information. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of today's worship experience. God bless you and allow the Lord to fill your cup. God bless you. We'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's message, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some information to help you kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at info at weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com slash give. You can also text 77977, type in Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.